Good people, we are back for another episode. I'm going to give you the heads up right now. We're definitely going to do a part two. As you can see in the title, $455 million is a lot of money. So we're going to need a follow-up to get a better understanding on how that rolls. So as you know, make sure you subscribe, stay tuned, stay planted. Easy to forget all the noble words you said when you get Right, all right, here we go. OG, triple OG, Mayor Woodfin, how you doing, brother? Bro, let me tell you, I've seen some introductions in my life. That was pretty fire. <laughs> that's 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 pretty dope. Uh, much respect, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I, I, I got a shout out uh, to two black-owned companies, 413 Media and Don G Media. They both came together and made that shake. So appreciate yeah, that. They, uh, they, they. I mean, I, I, I know you, brother. I know your work, but they, I, I appreciate that. How they highlighted you with the dope soundtrack. <laughs> Appreciate that, boss. Appreciate it. Well, as you can see, we are here to talk about money. Um, those that follow the planning podcast, we keep it consistent. You know, we are we have the opportunity to interview good folks like yourself and uh just see how money reflects the way you make professional decisions. And what I would like to do, because when we see the mayor, we see a lot of the responsibility. But I think that I want to tap into some of the work that was done prior to. So you got into office November of 2017. And again, the title, 400 plus million dollars as a budget. Before you walk into the seat in regards of officially, what type of research and planning was done to get a better understanding on how the city works? So a significant amount uh, of research was done. And before I continue, um, brother, let me step back and just say I'm, I'm honored to be on the podcast, man. Um, I'm glad I'm grateful for the exposure you give, not just to your clients, but to the overall community, just on just financial literacy and being financially solvent. So thank you for the work you do. I would say this. I was fortunate prior to being the mayor of the city of Birmingham. um, I was a lawyer for the city of Birmingham for eight years. And in that same window, I spent about four years on the school board. So um, being the president of the school board, from a governance standpoint, you learn to deal with budgets. Being a lawyer for the city, you just learn all the operations of the city. Right. One of the things is how how budgets function. Then as a candidate, I spent an entire year as a candidate where I took a even deeper dive into what we needed to spend money on. And so there, there's so many different ways I can go about asking this question. So um, as you, I guess as you continue to throw me some questions, I can break down what it what our what our budget really means and how yeah. we're supposed to be um, good stewards. Um, I tell people every day in this role as mayor, I am a steward of tax dollars, yeah. and in one lane I'm a mayor, I'm a chillier and ambassador for all things Birmingham. But in the other hand, um, this this is an operation. I am running a system with employees. I'm an employer, and there is a budget, and we allocate resources. Right. Right. And that's one of the elements I wanted to highlight, because, you know, even as I was doing a little bit of research before our interview today, um, looking over some documents, I believe there was a um, um, kind of a a diagram that had the citizens up top and then the mayor. Right. As Mm -hmm. you mentioned, you're working for the city. 
And when you look at the city through the prism of a business, right, and say, okay, what are the revenue streams? How does the city make money? Can you break down how the city makes money in regards of revenue? Yeah, man. It's so it's my job to speak the plainest language for folk right. to understand their role and how their government works on their behalf. And so I tell people every day, I'll break it down. Um, one is we derive um, taxes based on how people and businesses engage our community. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a dream to be a business owner, or if you are a current business owner, then you have to engage the city of Birmingham and get a business license. Yeah. That business license is the same as a tax. And so you pay, mm. um, you pay for your business license to operate your business within our city limits. Um, right. That is a business license tax. Once you do that, you then open your business, mm -hmm. you hire employees right. and your employees pay an occupational tax. When your customers come into your business to purchase whatever they purchase within our city limits, your customers pays a sales tax. Mm. So that is a business license tax, a occupational tax, and then a sales tax. Business mm. license tax for you, the business owner, occupational tax for your employees that work for you, and your customers pay a sales tax. That is one of the like plainest way I can break that portion down. <clears throat> then you have this sports and entertainment is big in our city. And so when you have people come into our city for, let's say, the Garth Brooks concert that is coming right. um, the first weekend in June, and apparently the entire world is excited. Well, that's Alabamians, that is. Or many of those folk won't live in our city limits. And so when they yeah. come here, they will actually stay in a hotel within our city limits. That's right. When they, when they stay in our hotel, they actually pay a lodging tax. Um, and so... When you shop online, um, that's a that's a use sales tax. Yeah. When you um, get gas, um, there's an extra tax that's for that gas. So you got lodging taxes, you got gas tax, you got occupational taxes, um, you have you have business license tax, and you have right. sales taxes. But in addition to that, one more tax I'll give you: if you build a building in this community, you need a permit. You have to have a permit fee. Right. We have their construction fees. And so that is like the gist. I, not, I didn't even name everything, but I, but the interaction there. When you go into a yep. convenience store or gas station, you want to buy you a bag of golden flake dill pickles, vinegar and salt chips. <laughs> those, chips are not, those chips are 99 cents. <laughs> You're going to pay some sales tax and those chips will be a dollar to change. Right, right. <laughs> and that, that's, a, that's a beautiful illustration on one community right how a community can appreciate a corporation employing within their neighborhood providing products or services in which people will either through foot traffic or vehicle entertain that and the different taxation that helps feed into the revenue of the business right and so and i believe what your your theme in regards of um or really the principle you started out with in 2017 which was putting people first just in those two illustrations you can see you know, ensuring that someone has a, a viable job and we are engaging in opportunities that can bring foot traffic into the city, into the state, those um, that exposure can then lead into some revenue generating opportunities. And so it just it seems like business owners 
play a a vital role and and before we get into the the vision you have for the budget because we we always tell our clients a budget is nothing but your vision with some numbers right and so right. what right, vision right. do you have on paper and then we're going to put some numbers to it as you've been operating as a mayor we all had to deal with something you know business owners organizations employees we all had to deal with this pandemic all at the same time right so there was the the health concerns that needed leadership and guidance and and uh, expertise, but there was also this business aspect, right? So we just talked about the revenue streams of the of the city. How did the city react to the pandemic? Because actually, let me. There's some stats that I want to read that I was able to gather, um, and I believe it's through Brookings. So 47% of small business owners in Birmingham had less than two weeks of cash uh, liquidity. Uh, in Birmingham, 90% of small businesses had fewer than 14 days, uh, 14 cash buffer days, and only 59% of small businesses on average uh, had sick pay. So how, knowing the role businesses played, knowing that there was a shutdown, how did that impact the revenue of the city and how did the city re react to the uh, pandemic? So, man, that is a really great question. <clears throat> and you're right. The frame you laid out, the codependency between municipal government and how we derive taxes and those businesses who had to shut down because of a global health pandemic right. and the negative effect of that. I want to speak to the negative effect and the impact on the business on the first. Yeah. A business that only has 14 days of cash on hand, they would be in some serious trouble if a <laughs> pandemic, if a, if the shutdown lasted more than two weeks, right? Which it did right. turn out to be almost two years. Right. And that in that vein, businesses shut down um, or go out of business. We no longer derive that business license tax. Um, if their employees stop working or quit or they have to lay off employees, we can't collect occupational taxes. Right. And if their doors shutter and they don't have an online service, then we can't collect sales taxes. And if there are no sports or more entertainment going on in your city, then you're not really collecting lodging taxes. And so right. we brace for that impact locally well before we ever knew any federal resources or dollars would come. We got very, very conservative and our our budget is based on projections. So municipal government, local money, we can't print money. We're not the federal government. We can only spend what comes in. <laughs> and so if it's projected to come in less, then we mm -hmm. have to budget for less. Right. Um, so I want to I want to use some of your words because I know the audience I'm speaking to. If it doesn't come in. We can't, can't spend, spend it. it. That's right. <laughs> it's that plain. That's and right. So our budgets are based on projections. And so we brace for the worst impact uh, based on knowing that how many businesses only had 14 days on cash on hand. Now, what we also did, though, we saw for creating this uh, called the BHAM Strong Fund, mm. which provided loans to um, um, a lot of small businesses as a bridge for them to be able to stay alive, stay afloat, stay open, um, knowing that one, we didn't know when the federal money was gonna come, and two, if it came, everybody wasn't gonna get it. And we know yeah. this city not only has a, a large black population, but a significant amount of those businesses are black owned, and right. we know they were at the back of the line of getting some of that federal help. So we created our own loan fund to be in a position to make sure they can stay open. In return for staying open, we, we remain in a better position, again, to get that business license tax right. for their employees to remain employed. So 
to continue to collect occupational taxes and for their customers to be able to still come in or find a unique way for them to engage their customer, either pick up, drive through, whatever it was, so we can still collect taxes. And those right. are the ways we saw for an offset uh, the pain that was that was caused. Mm. And there's there's a few um, as I like to call free jewelry moments that you just shared in regards of, you know, we tell our clients, make sure they have six to 12 months of reserves saved up for a rainy day. Right. And, and as you said, we, we brace for this. There was a preparation. We were able to access resources, tap into our partners and make sure that what it takes to make money. We make sure that they have a um, contingency plan, right, that they can tap into that allows them to continue to operate. Right. And was was very interesting, even as we look at the um, you making that decision prior to the federal resources being being displayed or dispersed. Uh, if we look at the sequence, right, with the federal resources, it was a business owners first that had the opportunity to tap into some funds. But ironically enough, you as you as you mentioned, the PPP was directly for their payroll, their employees, knowing the role that taxes pay play in regards of the revenue streams of the cities and the, and the communities right. they operate. So that's a that's a really good um, point that you made. And I'm glad that you, you shared that. All right. So. We got a little bit of background in regards of how you came into office, shared, I would say, probably one of the, the best example of someone's leadership is when things is a little rocky, right? Like there was some turbulence. And so the fact that we were able to come out of this with, you know, celebrating uh, with some surplus in some form of fashion, right. uh, I, I think it's a, a, a really good day. When we when we think about this budget, right, and as we mentioned, uh, uh, the budget, the projection essentially is just your your vision with numbers tied to it. What I've seen, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is a capital and capital improvement bucket, and then there is this operating budget, right? right. So two separate buckets. Well, how how would you differentiate the two? Yeah, but man, you know what? Since you mentioned the whole notion of six to twelve months of a of, of a I would call a rainy day account for your clients or just individuals period. The city of Birmingham also has a third account. Uh, we have what's called a reserve fund rainy day account. Hmm. And it's, it's millions of dollars in that account. Um, we do that on purpose for, for things like a global health pandemic or anything can come up in the community. You can lose some major employer and that's, 13, 15 million in occupational taxes going out the door, or the state yeah. can change occupational taxes. So That's we a keep point. a third, we keep a third account, which is a rainy day account, because we still have to provide city services. It is this, it is as a taxpayer, yeah. you put in this money and your expectation back is I pick up your trash on time. If you need yeah. the police that you yeah. that somebody's on the other end of the phone for 911, that someone shows up that you have a fire, mm. a, a fire truck shows up, you've got a health issue, a paramedic shows up. Right. You need to, you go from point A to B in the city limits that I don't damage your tire. I have to pave that street and fix that pothole. That's, right. That's, That's right. what your taxes are spent on. So right. I wanted to get right. that in. But related right. to these three accounts, we have a rainy That's day good. savings account. Um, we have a capital account that says, hey, for that home you purchase or that, that, you know, that that loft you have, it's possible that at some point you're going to need roof repair or ceiling repair. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to need a new doorknob or you're going to need some paint upkeep or you may have 
some some water issues and or bathroom issues or electrical that's what that capital's budget is for no different than an individual who has a home or a business mm -hmm. <clears throat> those operating expenses again those everyday things we got to pay our employees um, we have to um, provide gas for these trucks that pick up refuge and trash we have to provide gas for these police vehicles that go from point a to b and the paramedic truck and the That's fire right. truck and the department right. of transportation vehicle we have to pay for these lights that when you enter our court system or our libraries yeah. um, or we, we got to pay to cut the grass at the park so the kids can right. be safe in the playground all these mm -hmm. things are like very basic that any individual can relate to right Right. That's good. That is so. And I, I thoroughly appreciate you pointing out that reserve account, because ultimately, I believe hopefully the takeaway for our audience is seeing the separation of duties. Right. We have one account for this operation. We have another account for our reserves for a rainy day. And then in regards of improvements, say, hey, I want to actually want to extend my deck a bit. All right. We'll make sure you got a separate account of that, you know, and right. so. You, you did bring up something that I, I, I chuckled when you talked about the potholes. So I have seen a situation where <laughs> somebody said, hey, hey, mayor, can I take a picture? And, you know, mayor, he's he's too cool for school. So he's like, yeah, come on, take a picture. They turn around and they say, so this pothole I hit about uh, two days yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they get me. <laughs> could you could you could you educate us on uh, the timeline? Because I think that is something that is of interest of those that may have a request that is in a queue or they're thinking about putting in a request. How does that flow in regards of the capital yeah. budget resources? So every every year, you and your individual life, um, you know how much you make based on when you file your taxes, right? Or at the end of the year, you get you get your income thing that says this is right. how much you make. Yep. That W two, that's that's breakdown. Some people get paid every two weeks. Some people get paid every week. Some people get paid once a month. But you know what comes in, so That's you good. can if if you have a budget, you can dictate what needs to go out, how much needs to go out, and separate That's from right. that, what you need to set aside for rainy day or emergency issue. Municipal government does the same thing. Our budget year is from July one to June thirtieth of every year, and so in preparation, so when we're in the middle of that budget, we only spend what's projected to come in and what we projected that we can go out. So we don't go higher at all within that fiscal year, which sometimes we end up with the surplus. In addition to that, um, the process says that you have to prioritize your needs. And so for street paving, for example, which ultimately is that's how pothole got there. You need to pay the street. Right. Our Department of Transportation goes out and assess all the streets from from in category A to Z, from worst to best. And we, over a five-year period, you just break down. So which in each year, you budget for those streets you want to pave. Um, the budget every year has been $10 million in street paving. So over five years, $50 million budgeted. Mm. Um, divided by five, $10 million a year. And within that $10 million, you prioritize the streets you need to pave. Right. Right. Makes sense, people. It, it's um, it's it's one of those things where and it, well, two things I wanted to highlight because it, it's a really good point. And, and I'm, I'm just going to add an asterisk when we think about building one's credit. So credit is an aspect of one's financial picture. And we exactly. tell our clients or even, you know, 
you know, those that are, are listening is that you, you're going to need income to forecast, right? Like you need something that is consistent in order to work on your credit, because the one thing about credit, they need to see consistency, right? And so yeah. unless you got money coming in that, you know, that's guaranteed, it's very difficult to strategize on how you can build your credit. So I'm glad that you, you've made that parallel in regards of forecasting, but also keeping in mind that we can't, if there is uh uh we can't overdraft the account, I'll just say it like that. <laughs> I, look, I appreciate being on this on this cast with you, man, because believe it or not, the city, the city ebbs and flows in assets and liabilities as well. So right. we have credit too. If the city doesn't have enough money, like right. let's say that all the stormwater issue in the city limits of Birmingham, that's infrastructure. But if it has a price tag. Of a hundred million dollars, and you have to do that right away. We don't have that just to give the stormwater because you got to do everything else. You got to pay right. your employees and other infrastructure issues. And so, if I want to go to the bond market, that is the same as borrowing money. Well, if yeah. you borrow money, that you got to have good credit. And cities right. have a credit rating no different than you as an individual. Right. And if right. you got to, you got to pay the money back. <laughs> You got to be a good steward and they check your liabilities. And so your pension, yep. the pension was a liability for the city. If your if your liabilities get higher than your assets, our city credit rating is downgraded. So, That's man, right. look, we're really no different than yeah. any other business or individual. We, we got to be good stewards, brother. Right. Right. That's that's a that's a that's a great, great analogy great parallel um man i actually want to get deep into that pension a bit now that you mention it because that is that is another element of financial stewardship that one would have to inherit right like i didn't hold on i didn't create this and so there is this all right now i gotta jump into it so we know that when um uh, when they established the framework for social security all right at this age this person is going to get x amount right. what they used as a basis uh ultimately was a mortality table so when that was established, there was a duration of, okay, they're going to, they may live an additional five years, right? They may live an additional seven years. And so we'll start setting money aside to accommodate that. But over time, technology uh, evolved, health recommendations evolved to where folks are living longer, right? And mm -hmm. so we ultimately, and that's why social security is having to update some of the ways in which their revenue stream comes in <laughs> to be able to feel, you know, the, the responsibility, but also in the same breath, this is what happened to pensions, right? You had a set amount of money for people to retire on, but now they are living longer than what you expected. And so there is this, there's that rub there that, you know, one would have to inherit and address at the same time. And then, of course, you got the pandemic. So, we, I, you know, we won't get too deep into that because that's a that's a um, I, I think that's that's a that's a Ph.D. lesson in, in the bond market. And then as well, looking at some of these, you know, uh, right. these tables. Um, all right. So within that, we have we have those two different buckets that we talked about and we talked about the attractions that's coming. Um, World Games. Right. So World oh, Games yeah. is around the corner. You know what what type of projections are being discussed on what the we'll just say the economic impact this could have to the city and then as well how can how can residents get involved how can they participate in that so on the first end of that we're talking about um we're talking about up to a possibly 200 plus million dollars in the economic impact and i want to explain why mm. um the world games um will be over 10 days july 7th through the 17th and when you when you unpack that it's not just 
the athletes um, that will be in our thousands of athletes that will be in our city. Um, but it's it's spectators and visitors and dignitaries from a hundred plus countries um, mm. over that same length of time. Um, and so all these venues will be used as well, and all yeah. these games will be on display. Um, that means all of our hotels are full every single day for 10 day, 10 plus days. Mm. That means people are out eating and drinking at all of our restaurants and bars for at least 10 days. Um, it means people are shopping and, and will be at, will be entertained in our city. People yep. will be here literally just spending their time, having a good time, therefore spending more money mm. and that money will derive a net for the city from an economic in, from an economic impact standpoint. Right. I think the way for people to get involved, I'm gonna pull this phone up so I get it right. Bet. Kathy Boswell, everybody. Um, Kathy Boswell is um, a VP with the World Games, um, but she's over community engagement. And I want to make sure I get it right, so I'm literally in my phone, making sure I can get her name pulled up and get her correct email address perfect perfect take your time y'all listen up people this is there's a lot of questions around how to get involved in world games and this is this is the direct plug so this is great information yeah so kathy boswell email address is um, kathy with the k k-a-t-h-y dot boswell b-o-s-w-e-l-l at t-w-g 2022.com that's kathy.boswell at twg2022.com. If you email Kathy, there is an entire detailed process on how to be a volunteer, get engaged, and become part of the World Games family and present to the world who the community in the city of Birmingham is. And I want to encourage you to. Please yeah. email Kathy. That's quick. That's good insight. That's good insight. All right. As as I told the audience, we definitely going to do a part two. Um, we do got we one ready? more question. We got one more question. Doc. And you know what? It, it's actually it's very interesting because um, there was a tweet that you made a couple of years ago to uh, Delta. So there was there was a situation in Georgia. <laughs> I forget what triggered it. And I happened to hop on Twitter and I saw. You were spitting game. Like it was it was smooth, dog. It was smooth. And Randall ultimately said, Hey, Delta, in mathematics, Delta represents change. How about you change your location, come to Birmingham? Something something of that nature, right? And ironically enough, um, with the planning podcast, we actually replaced the A with the Delta sign intentionally. And right. that is to represent that anything we believe. Anything that is significant in someone's life, the foundation of that change that they're looking to initiate is through planning, right? Can you share with our audience an example on how planning has been beneficial on a decision or a series of decisions that you've been able to make? Yeah. So I'll give two examples. One is how I got to be the mayor. Yeah. You don't happen, you don't become the mayor overnight. You don't unseat an incumbent who has a hundred percent name identification and has a a million dollar war chest and you have no name ID and no money. Yeah. <clears throat> you have to plan for that. You have to organize for that. You got to know the steps you're going to make before you ever actually take a step and then executing your steps. Yeah. Will it be perfect? No. Will you have some failures? Yes. Will you lose some time? Absolutely. Yeah. But if you stick to your plan, 
then you will eventually execute on whatever the mission is, which my mission was to become mayor. And then when I got to this job, it went from campaigning to governing. Again, when you govern, when you govern in the local level, you can have the best plan. You can have the best vision and the best plan and want to execute on that. But you come to city hall, it's like a game of whack-a-mole every single day. Something pop up, you put that out, and then some pop yeah. up over here, you put that out. Yeah. And if you get into the mode of always putting out whatever pops up, then it makes you deviate from your plan. Mm. Um, because plan is long-term, big picture, and you can get caught up in the minutia day-to-day. Yeah. And so separate from my chief of staff, the chief of operations, I hired a chief strategist by the name of Ed Fields. Yeah. The reason I did that, because in government, you can't just focus on the day-to-day, which is the trees. You got to have a person like Ed Fields that focuses on the forest. Mm. And focusing on that forest allows me to plan out all the things we want to do for the city over the next five years instead of just only focus on what's in front of me today. Right. That's solid, bro. There was so much free jewelry you dropped. Um, I know that Birmingham uh, appreciates your leadership, your vision, um, how how well you listen um, and how um, how you continue to represent too, Doc. Like you make you make it look good, my brother. You make it Appreciate look you, real man. good, man. Appreciate so you, uh, definitely an inspiration. Uh, and and again, thank you for joining us today. We definitely got to do a part two next time. We're gonna be we're gonna be next to each other, kicking it, you know. And so I'll be, I'll be ready, brother. And yeah, <laughs> your audience, man. Y'all y'all got a jewel. Y'all got a jewel, and brother Isaac, man. Y'all y'all keep paying up and listening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, good people. Y'all already know. Stay tuned, subscribe, tell a friend, and stay planning.